0: Hello and welcome back to another Mean Green podcast. It's uh, episode 11. I'm Milo joined alongside my co-host, Reed Smith. How are you doing today, Reed? How was your Thanksgiving?
1: Oh, greetings, Milo Holtzis. It is very good to see you. I usually don't say your last name, so I was taken a little bit off guard there, but I'm good, man. Uh, Thanksgiving was good. I'm very full, uh, full of chocolate pie. Lots of Thanksgiving Ooh, food. You're, I am you're a, a chocolate pie kind of guy. I'm a chocolate pie sort of guy. Wow. And you know, we, you we know. kept
0: it a little bit traditional. We went with the pumpkin pie. So, uh, a chocolate <laughs> is a very interesting rendition of a classic Thanksgiving pie.
1: It is. And my mom uh, makes it. There's been a recipe going in through my family for decades. And my mom makes a great chocolate pie. And uh, that is something that. I am appreciative of every Thanksgiving for sure. It's something I look forward to.
0: Yeah, I bet. So I think uh, you know, we'll st- we'll stick with the topic of of Thanksgiving uh, meals. Um, you mentioned last week, last episode, I believe. Wow, a long time ago. But uh, your favorite Thanksgiving side was mashed potatoes, I believe. I,
1: d- I did mention this. Yes.
0: Yeah. How were your mashed potatoes? Assuming that you, you indulged in those.
1: Oh, my brother, I I indulged uh, in in those mashed potatoes. So the first ones my sister made, they were yellow, and mm. I was a little bit taken aback. Um, but they tasted good, I, and I learned that some potatoes are yellow. That's something I didn't know. I guess you, you would know, know they have but...
0: golden potatoes. No,
1: I guess you would know as a man of the au gratin, but um you know the second rendition because we had to make more potatoes because we wanted more the next day and so my mom made them uh they were white is uh is white white is the potatoes I'm used to (laughs) so they were good uh I, I enjoyed the potatoes this year man I enjoyed Thanksgiving it's just good to go back to Keller and see my family
0: yeah absolutely it's always uh always a great time to go spend with family uh, unfortunately for me, I did not go see family, uh, but me and my <laughs> girlfriend we had a blast. We took uh, the, the spent Thanksgiving with each other. You know, it was just our our big black cat, her and I, and uh, we cooked a a bunch of food. Um, I know I said I cooked a mac and cheese <laughs> bake, and that yeah. was very interesting too. It did not turn out as good as I thought, though. Honestly, it was a little bit oily. And I think, you know, I used a lot of cheese, like a ton of cheese. Um, But I think what ended up happening was we let it sit for too long before putting it in the oven. And so I think all the fat and the moisture from the cheese kind of got mixed around while it sat there and it did not come out as good as I would have liked, but it was still pretty good. But yeah, so that's, that's a little bit of a, a brief hint at how my (laughs) Thanksgiving
1: food went. Thank you for the Thanksgiving, gamer. Uh, yeah, I w- I will say I think Thanksgiving is still an underrated holiday, but it's Christmas time, boyo. Like, oh yeah, my family got you know yeah. the tree. I gotta. So I I was sad because I didn't get to spend Thanksgiving with Casey. But so Casey, my girlfriend. Um, so when she comes back for Christmas, one of the things we're doing is shopping for a Christmas tree for my apartment because she loves talking about how my apartment is bland. I mean, I'm a man who lives alone, so <laughs> like, I don't have a decorated apartment other than my office. And she's like, you know what? So I was gonna make a plan, right? Uh, for for like what we're gonna do when when she comes back. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make a list and then surprise her with all this stuff. So I was like, yeah, Chris, we're gonna go look at lights. We're gonna set up my apartment for Christmas. It's gonna be sick. Throughout the last two weeks, she has been constantly been like, you know what we should do on Christmas? You know what we should do on Christmas? And just guessing everything down my list. So yesterday, she finally, she was like, we need to go look at lights. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna just tell her my plan because she's just going to keep guessing everything,
0: you know? Yeah, you know, I think that's, that's all right. I think you could also save a couple to surprise her. I don't know if you had on your list, but uh, here's a little plug. Apparently the Dallas Arboretum is it's a great time to go visit during wintertime. time. How do you spell Christmas that? time? Ooh. Oh my goodness. I was always a good speller oh, in wait, high school. You didn't know that they were using LMB. A R B O R T U I am. I, 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 I promise you, you, I'm always a good speller, but you're putting me on the spot here. Let me just let me type. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me type it in yeah. without actually. R- boy, oh, man, I, I forgot the E. O-R-B-O-R-E-T-U-M. I got it. That's it. Nice. That, that okay. is it. A-R-B-O-R-E-T-U-M. Go ahead. Continue.
1: Okay. Well, interesting. Thank you. Uh, next, I'll have you spell iridosaclitus. But...
2: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, We're gonna God. go ahead,
1: and I'm gonna take the reins from you. Thank you for leading it out in or leading it in yeah, again, I'll, Milo. Great I'll, I'll let you
0: say the line. I'll let you oh. say the line again. Oh, you're so. It's your kind. one claim to fame. Yeah, oh, maybe one day I'll have it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> one day you'll be as cool as me. Make as much money as me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into the gridiron, ah, ladies and gentlemen. The season is over. I am done reporting UNT football in 2023 and beyond. And let me tell you, it was a good ending. A win over U-A-B in walk-off fashion is Noah Rauschenberg nails a 32-yarder. And the season is done. And how else could it have ended than, you know, a rushing attack absolutely running over UNT? I think that that was the only appropriate way. They come away with the win, Milo, but, ah, boy. If we just go back and look at how many rushing yards they gave (laughs) up, how many yards on the ground, it's about what you would expect uh, from this team this year. 221 yards. And, ladies and gentlemen, congratulations to the North Texas Mean Green. You finished 130th. Out of
0: 130th in rushing defense this year. Gotta give it up. Gotta give it up. You, it up. Job, you know, I, I I think that game, the final game, it really was the epitome of Mean Green football this year, except oh, sure. for the fact that, here we go. Here they won. Really Wait for, they won, exactly, except for the fact that they won. They, was, they were able to complete the comeback, and, uh, I mean, it wasn't much of a, a comeback, comeback, but I, you know, they still have to come back a little bit, um, and they were able to come away with the win. So I, I think this this game would have really summed up the season if they rallied back and still lost. But I think it was still, it was still a very fitting end to well, a rather, you know, interesting season. Eric Morris was
1: actually like really honest this season. And I think, you know, I was impressed by Eric Morris all season. I I think he was the exact correct choice for this team. He was just very, very solid um, as a head coach. And I think he did as well as he could do with what he had. Uh, He was very honest. He, He said, you know, he felt like they, they, uh, caught fire at the wrong time you know they did they won two close games to close out the season after they had already lost bowl eligibility so you know it's a tough it's a tough luck type deal you know those they had those 50 50 games with Tulane and Florida International and Memphis and UTSA you know all of them all of those games rather they had a chance to win and they just couldn't close it out, but in the final two games they could. It, it's just rough, and, you know, man, we talk about it a lot. You just go back and go, if Chandler Rodgers plays all four quarters against Florida International, this team is probably going to a bowl game.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll absolutely. To, I, you know, we, we saw it happen so many times this year, and, um, yeah, I, I think if this game – if if this team – plays a full four quarters every single game of the season, or at least not even every single game, but I I mean like three-fourths of the games, if they played a full four quarters in almost all of the games they played, this team's going bowling.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you're cutting off your right leg when you start a much – I don't want to – it's kind of hard to say this, but it's like true. When you start a much lesser quarterback to start your season, you're kind of asking – you know to drop early games that you should be winning like they did with FIU. Yeah. And Chandler yeah. Rogers was great all season.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. You know, I I think that's something that I actually haven't really thought of that much this year is the fact that they started off the season, I mean, two and a half games, right, where Rogers was not starting the game. Um and those were you look at their schedule and this was a schedule where they needed every win they could get. You could have stolen away a win against FIU had you just started Rogers. I mean, probably it's a hypothetical situation, but you most likely would have been able to steal a win. The team played well, differently under Rogers. All threw long. two picks and, in the yeah.
1: first half, you know. Yeah. And Rogers did a great job protecting the ball this season. Five interceptions to end the season to twenty-nine touchdowns. And you know what, Milo? Do you know what that doesn't earn
0: you? What?
1: All go conference ahead, honors. Ahead. It doesn't yep. earn you all conference honors.
0: Yep. That's there we go. I mean, and, you know, see, that's so frustrating because I was seeing seeing it on Twitter today. People were uh, comparing Frank Harris' stats to Rodgers. And, I, I mean, there's no comparison. The guy had over 3,000 yards, right? Like, come on. Just because he had a a losing record, that's not a reflection on him as a quarterback himself. But again, even if this team goes 6-6, and even if this team goes 6-6, and Rodgers is still up there in in all-conference honors.
1: Yeah, and you know, Brett Vito, my favorite writer at the DRC, who, you know, is uh, the best writer at the DRC in that sports section. (laughs) Yeah. Y'all will get why I'm saying that later, Um, but no, Brett Vito, uh, he he was making that point in my comments today, where it's just like, you know, the record, it it reflects in that, in that, you know, in in the in making that list, and I don't think that's fair. I don't think anyone thinks that's fair, but that's what it is. If UNT goes eight and four, then Chandler Rogers is on the first team.
0: He's the MVP. He's the MVP. Oh, if you go eight and easily, four, he's, he's a easily. MVP.
1: And he did that in 10 games. You figure if he starts all 12, he's over 4,000 yards this season, probably, or approaching That's it. That's
0: crazy. That's crazy. And I, I don't think there's any debate at all. If he starts those two games and played just as he did throughout the season in those first two games, I think you've got to be looking at him like he's he's the favorite to win the MVP over, oh, uh, sure. over, over the two lane quarterback. I forget his name, but. Michael Pratt. Quarterback. Yeah, Michael Pratt and then um and then Harris as well. I I don't think that there's any there's any debate.
1: An NFL program is going to be very thankful to have Michael Pratt next season. And uh no shade to Frank Harris, but have fun in the AFL, buddy. Um <laughs> did,
0: did you did you see him today? You did see him today on Twitter talking about I, he was, he was mad burner creating a burner you know we'll we'll get to
1: that later right right. because i I think he's your certain yeah yeah yeah, we'll get to that later just to end the season uh or in the talk about news today mac jamori macklin did enter the transfer portal yesterday oh boy that's a big one milo good Good for him go get your money pal go get your big bag go get your better chance at making the nfl but yeah. it is a huge loss for the Mean Green. I will review his stats here. 57 receptions, uh, 1,004 yards, 11 tutties, 17.6 average a catch. And I mean, those are monster numbers. And he wasn't just doing that with Rodgers. If you remember, Stone Earl hit him on a couple of touchdowns in the first game of the season. But... Man, Jamori had his breakout season. You and I were talking about it all year, how we said if Jamori doesn't get money, he's probably gone. And even if he does get an offer from UNT, he's probably gone. And Milo, he's gone. And I truly think that a Power 5 program will be happy to have him. And the UNT fans couldn't even be more angry if they tried
2: about it.
0: Yeah, Good for him. Absolutely good for him. Because I've been an advocate for this all along. If you're a guy on not just UNT, but on any G five school and you're seeing tremendous amount of success like Macklin, transfer. Transfer, <laughs> or you will stunt, or you will stunt your prospect of going pro.
2: Seriously.
0: take
1: That line of thought is what many people would say is wrong with college
0: football. No, but I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Or else you're going to end up like Mason Fine. Oh, name dropping Big Mason. I mean, I mean, seriously, I'm I'm sorry, but like, if you sit here, you're seeing a ton of success, and you say, yeah, I I really want to go pro, but but I also want to stay with me. And I understand that there's probably up, you know, there's probably for reasons that I I'm, I'm not uh, aware of. I know it's easier said than done to just you know drop your name, the portal and dip and go to another school. But (laughs) like, like, dude, the amount of, you know, growth that you could take in your career and the chances of you going pro significantly increase by transferring and proving that you can play on the highest level of collegiate football. So yeah. good for Macklin to make that move, take advantage of the stellar season he had in G5. There's not a doubt in my mind that he's going to be successful at the P5
1: level. No, I for sure think he is going to be successful. And what a lot of UNT fans and a lot of UNT people on Twitter have been saying is, well, look at Jire Shorter and look at all these different people. They're not Demory Macklin. They're not They're not Macklin. Macklin. And I think no. I, I said this to y'all um, in a group chat. I said that, Demoree Macklin has a golden last name because he's Jeremy Macklin's yep. cousin, and the kid's just got ability, man. Like you know, he has he, great yeah. hands. He can accelerate. He runs great routes, and he stops on a dime. And I haven't seen a receiver do that. I think he is a much more complete receiver than Jalen Darden. He's by far a more complete receiver than Jair Shorter. Jair Shorter was a run it down the field and pray. Type receiver, you know, you throw up 50 50 balls to him. He was non existent at, at Auburn this season. And I just think he's a bad compa- comparison because all these different outlets on Twitter, uh, whether it be fan accounts or or fan lists, you know, Fanalysts, they're trying to yeah. say,
0: well, they'll, they'll look at look at what happened to Jire Shorter. I mean, and look at what happened to Jake Roberts. And look, where's Barkley? is the best UNC wide receiver. Since Jalen Darden. There's, he's better than Jalen Darden. Maybe yeah, not at UNT,
1: yeah. but he's better than Jalen Darden skill set wise. I'll say it now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I think comparing him to a guy like Jair Shorter is disrespectful. I'm sorry. Shorter yeah. was I mean, not even shorter was not even the best wide receiver UNT had had in the past five years. No. And I think it
1: if we're gonna compare, I mean, I know they're different sized receivers, but if we're gonna compare talent level, we'll, we'll go Jalen Guyton. Like Jalen oh, yeah. Guyton is an NFL guy just watching Jamori train, just watching him as a person off the field, how he does interviews, how he conducts himself, how he carries himself, and, you know, and how he plays. The kid is going to be a blessing wherever he goes. And, you know, Milo, I wouldn't see him, be surprised to see him go 40 miles southeast.
0: Yeah. um, I think also to add onto that, you mentioned earlier, he's got that pro blood in him, right? He's got that pro blood in him. And so that, definitely plays a a role in how he carries himself you know like you said like how he trains how he handles interviews he knows what it takes to get to that next level he's got those people around him and i think that's also going to play a role in in his career trajectory too
1: yeah and he said it all season he said something that really resonated with me uh in his last press conference uh before before uh, saturday's game he said that having a cousin like jeremy macklin he said that it's like a cheat code because you have a blueprint on how to do it the right way. And, you know, I think that that's huge because that's a lot of the issue with a lot of guys transitioning from the college to the NFL level is that it's a different game. It's faster. It's more physical. A lot of guys can't do it because they're just not prepared to Jamori, like you said, has the blood to do it. And he has the talent to do it. I hope he lands on somewhere where he'll get the ball. He'll get last lots of targets. We, another Mean Green podcast, wish him the best going forward. Uh, He was a pleasure to cover. And, uh man, our program's going to get lucky to have him. But Milo, he is not the only one who entered the portal. Defensive back Robert Johnson, who's played in five games this season, entered the portal for the Mean Green. And uh, Ethan Miner, who really found his way after Daisy and Carol won or looked like he was going to win the starting job coming out of fall camp. Ethan Miner came out of nowhere, gets the job at center and you know, he became one of the higher rated centers in the state this season. And I imagine he's going a P five. So good for Mr. Ethan Miner. He really took advantage of his one season at UNT after transferring from Arkansas state. Uh, Just solid job for the young man. And He'll be heading out. He's giving deuces to Denton and will be leaving. Yeah. Man, just just a disappointing season, I think.
0: I think good for these players that are are putting their names in the transfer portal. Um, They're dipping while they still can, but let's not get it twisted. Um, This UNT team has a very high ceiling still. I think they've got they've got a, they got another season with, with Rogers, um, you know, being the quarterback. And I think this team can, this team can definitely be a contender for next year. Oh, for year. sure. For sure.
1: And um, they have a lot of uh, experience next season. I mean, a lot of those guys will be juniors and seniors next year. And that's kind of that, excuse me, at the G5 level, that's kind of where you want to be is where you, all of your guys are experienced. They have played a lot of ball. Those are the years where you can kind of make a run at things and, The roster looks good. Yes, Chandler Rodgers lost his top target, but at the same time, Chandler is kind of one of those quarterbacks that will be good with anybody because he's so accurate. You know, he can make receivers look a little better than they are. So,
0: Yeah, I I also think I want to mention this. I have this in my notes. He looked good with Landon Sides. I think Sides, especially in the last game of the season, I was – yes, they lose Macklin, but it also provides an opportunity for Sides to step into an even bigger role. And – I don't think he's going to, you know, I think he's going to thrive in, in a bigger role. I think he proved yeah. his worth as the season went forward. And I would definitely look to see how his usage increases next year.
1: Yeah, John Fields actually told me uh, before Landon Size came here, he's like, oh, the kid's got a lot of heart. And he can block. He's a high effort guy. You know, I I think he's a sleeper. And I wrote that when when John Fields told me that last year, like almost a year ago in December when uh, he committed on early signing day, I wrote, well, you know, he might be a high-effort guy that might be a sleeper for this season, and he was a sleeper for this season. I know he didn't really come on until late, but he looked really solid. I mean, he's a scrapper, man, and he can make all the catches, and, you know, he's pretty quick, you know, for a smaller guy. So good for Landon Sides. Uh, he's kind of seems like somebody that could, like, sneak into the portal maybe, though, just to yeah. try and take advantage of all that of all that talent. But, you know, very solid uh, player, Landon Sides, and he he definitely is going to be a top target going forward. And I predicted that, as I predicted many other things before the season started. Reed Stradamus. Reed Stradamus, as they call me. And Milo, there will be a story which will accompany this podcast that will go deeper into this. Uh, But... I made three bold predictions for North Texas in 2023. I published that story on August 26th, which was a week before the season started. And we're going to go over those three predictions, Milo. And my first was two quarterbacks will start this season.
0: Oh, one for uh, one.
1: We're not worthy. Uh, <laughs> and neither is uh, Jamori Macklin. He's not Xavier worthy. Um yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He could be in another program. Um, but no, two quarterbacks did start the season. Uh, Stone Earl started out of the gate, and then he got cramps at, at halftime of the FIU game. And Eric Morris said, son, it's your time to uh, Chandler Rogers. And then Chandler kind of come on, take the money and ran it uh, for the rest of the season. 10 games started, lots of success. Should have been going to a bowl game, but we move, Um yeah, you know, but no, it just goes back to what we were saying earlier, where if Rogers starts all 12 games, we're potentially look, potentially, we're potentially looking at a much different UNT season. But of course hindsight is 2020 uh, and it is what it is. Yeah. I think that's all there is to it.
0: Yeah, I will give my. I, I give,
1: Yeah, and I'll give myself correct for that one. I got that one exactly correct. That is the verdict. Yep.
0: Yep. Uh, I think a lot of fans were hating on you for that too. A lot of Mean Green fans. They're uh, they're saying five and seven. Five, come on, come on. This team is much better than five and seven. Really. And, uh, you know, I think you get, to, yeah. you get to shove it in their face now at, at yeah. the end of the season. And I mean, you're right. The, the most
1: rational blog in sports was saying how Stone Earl was going to be a great starter. So, um... yeah, that shaped out real well.
0: <laughs> that shaped yeah. out real well, by the
1: way. Check those starts. But uh, my second prediction Milo, is it possible to be so right that you were wrong?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I right. I know I know it might not make sense, but it makes
1: sense to me. All right. So, yeah. so I wrote there will be some adjustment to the 335. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> well, I think it was more of a matter of sure, there there will be some adjustment. There was no adjustment. Yeah. They really did not ever find their way in the three-three-five finished the season giving up 200 plus yards on the ground every game. 131st
0: out of 131st. Just 130.
1: Just 130, my friend, Uh, out of eligible teams. uh, Sam Houston, Jacksonville State, and JMU are not eligible for total team standings, which is funny. They qualified
0: for a ball. They did. Yeah,
1: celebrating for JMU. Yeah, but they'll be added on, I think, in 2025. But uh yeah, I said there would be adjustment to the three three five. Um I am wrong on that one because I was way too I was underselling it because they just did not figure it out defensively all season. Yeah, I think you yeah. need to
0: put on the headset. <laughs> go down go out to sideline, you know. <laughs> yeah, Stay, first thing it, with Eric Morris.
1: First thing I would do is change it to a four two five. But <laughs> <laughs> uh and and Milo, it's not looking good here down the stretch. Uh my third one, and damn it, they were so close. I said UNT wins one of the four gauntlet games versus the American Athletic Conference favorites.
0: <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> it was no, close. It uh, it, it, it almost happened, but I think that sums up the mean green season. It almost happened. They almost won. But they yeah, haven't. and I think almost, I mean, they missed
1: the steps. So Bobby Bowden used to say, he, he has a great quote that says, a program is built in four steps. Uh, or he he's dead, so God rest his soul. He, he said at one point, he said, you lose big, you lose close, you win close, you win big. Those are the four steps to building a program. Well, good. UNT skipped the first step they lost close you know they weren't they didn't really lose big other than smu so like and in yeah. california every other game than other than california and smu were close and i think that yeah. says something about a program that describes a, a program that's close but just not quite cigar yet um and then as you kind of said my record prediction was 5 and 7 and mean green finished 5 and 7 woo yep I and a lot of people were not happy with that, uh, with that prediction, no. but ladies and gentlemen, we got them. So <laughs> I'll give I'll give myself one and a half out of three for this season. Um, not great, I went two for three last season, but
0: you know, I- I'm happy with the results. Um, I mean, it's, it it's is hard, hard to it is. predict, it was hard to predict this team this year. New coach, new quarterback, too. I mean, a lot of surprises. I think this was a season where a lot of people did not know what to expect and they're definitely surprised and again if I'm a mean green fan I'm sitting here and I'm happy with the way the season turned out. I'm well I mean of course you can't you can't be too happy that your season's over early and you didn't qualify for a bowl game but be happy because the outcome could have been much worse, right? We could be looking at a you know a two and 10 season. For
1: sure. So. Um so I I just want to before we move on from UNT football for the foreseeable future, I want you to give a letter grade for this season.
0: Um, I'd go B plus. I'd go B, B plus. plus. I don't think you I don't think you give them an A because of course they didn't they didn't have a, a, a record over five hundred. They didn't make a bowl game. Um, so I don't think you would give them an A. I think you give them you give them the B for effort and the plus because he had a good quarterback. <laughs> I, so, so there's there's the B plus for me.
1: I'll give him a C plus. I, I don't I don't give anything above passing for losing records So,
0: we'll go C plus. Uh, maybe I'm just being too nice. I'm giving him a charity. Every
1: every year <laughs> I report I'll give twenty twenty one a B minus, and then I'll give twenty twenty two an A. There
0: you
1: go. Because that's it for me, yeah. man. I'm done reporting UNT football. It was it was quite the ride. Quite the ride. Thirty nine games reported. Uh, One John Fields reported next to uh, multiple seasons of sitting next to Brett Vito. Lots of experience gained there and just lots of growth. I was very proud of the journey that I got covering FBS football. Um, You're
0: forgetting one thing. One full season of another Mean Green podcast.
1: One full season of another Mean Green podcast. You're right. That's going to go at the top of my resume but They're um, right. it is. Um, but yeah, it was great. I, I enjoyed it. I hope to be reporting college football again soon. I, I doubt, uh, I don't doubt necessarily maybe is the right word. I hope that I can cover college football another time. I'm not going to count on it, but we'll see where we go. It's a great, and in my opinion, it's the greatest sport in the country. And, Man, it's been such a fun ride reporting it. Uh, but I still got basketball and softball to go, so I don't think I'm leaving yet. Uh, yeah. but yeah, that'll that'll be it for me, man, for recording UNT football games. I'll be there for spring football, but in terms of reporting games, I'm out of here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I will say that um, you know I'll, I'll I'll follow suit with you. This was probably the but this not probably this was the most mean green football I've watched since my freshman year. Uh, when I was heavily involved with, uh, UNT athletics, yeah. you know, I was, I was part of green brigade and, uh, and I attended a bunch, I attended pretty much all the home football games. And then, you know, I think like one or two of the road games. Uh, and, and I can say that it was definitely interesting. It was very interesting. Um, you know, being that in tune with my alma mater kind of, you know, uh, um, yeah. and I, Okay, just being brutally honest, the games could have been a little more interesting, but I think UNT (laughs) UNT definitely did. They did their best to make it interesting by you know those rallying comebacks, those uh, the the plethora of failed comebacks that they had were still rather you know interesting and engaging. For Um, sure. But overall, I will say that it was an interesting season of mean green football for
1: sure uh and it was great covering it with you uh i appreciate what you've done this season for the podcast and i appreciate you coming on you didn't have to do that but we've had a great time with that and just to break up the sappiness real we're not going
0: anywhere We're not going anywhere. anywhere. We're not not going anywhere.
1: It's not not the final episode. I mean, we're going to keep doing this. Put away the Kleenex, guys. (laughs) Yeah, I know a lot of people are crying, but no, we're not going anywhere. And then even after I'm done covering UNT, I mean, we're going to still do this podcast, I think. Um, But uh, yeah, thank you all for listening to the football season. And I would now like to talk about the basketball season. Um, really boring game last week. I mean, let's just be really honest. Uh, UNT 170.950. Uh, it was about like watching chalk uh, be drawn on. Like, you know how when they... Like
0: watching paint dry.
1: Yeah, when you're in a lecture and they're like drawing a big circle and they're like, as you can see, in this lecture, uh this person thought this and then this person had this thought. And then this guy in the corner of the room raises his hand and he's like, "Well, I just want to be the devil's advocate here, and there you know, let me really raise,
2: advocate here. let
0: me just
1: raise this question to the class." <laughs> no, it, it was <laughs> it was it was a quite boring game, uh, pretty predictable. I mean, it's the Lone Star Conference. Jason Burton once told me, "You don't know the Lone Star Conference," and he's correct. I don't. Uh, the Lone Star, well, Conference, I don't think
0: anybody does, but yeah. <laughs>
1: well dude that was so embarrassing that's a this is like a mini story time right now but so this is like the introductory pod or podcast the introductory press conference for jason burton and uh, ross hodge and it's one of those like they pass you the the microphone type deals i'm sitting there with jillian noctegal and she's like are you gonna ask a question i'm like yeah why would i not ask a question and grab the microphone and i'm like you know uh, what what didn't your you know your success and experience at the division two level kind of teach you you know coming into this level uh, of competition i asked jason burton that and he goes well man you don't know the lone star conference the lone star conference is you know really competitive you don't know the lone star conference and kind of like acting like yeah, of course I don't. I cover Division One, like
0: what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I mean, isn't it, okay? It might be a good conference in D two. Oh, but for sure. I'm not, disrespect, not I'm disrespecting. D one conference will easily wipe the whole Lone Star Conference. I don't think there's any debate about that. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't I, know the Lone Star Conference. So, no, we
1: I I do not know the Lone Star Conference. Does you know the
0: Lone Star Conference?
1: <laughs> Check that Lone Star Conference. Yeah, that Lone Star Conference. But uh, Jason Burton's doing a great job. Only loss of the season for the uh, women's basketball is to uh, Texas A&M, and that's not a bad loss. So credit to Jason Burton. Obviously, he knew the Lone Star Conference, and that's helping him in his time here at UNT. But. Man, I didn't know the Lone Star Conference, and when he told me that, I almost felt bad for asking that. I was like, "Well, if I knew the Lone Star Conference, I wouldn't have asked that question." Sorry, like I just felt like you know, I didn't mean to like the mean D two, or, or I was like, you know, D two to D one, you know, that's a big yeah. competitive jump. So I just wondered how he, how would be prepared for it. Yeah, uh, but fair, I, it was, in all honesty, yeah. it's
0: a fair question.
1: Yeah, fair but, but Angelo State of the Lone Star of the Lone Star <laughs> <laughs> Conference. <laughs> They're supposed to be pretty good. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the Lone Star Conference this
0: season. <laughs> we have to like the echo sound of it, the reverb. The Lone oh, Star Conference. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if they were. <laughs> the Lone Star Conference. <laughs> okay.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if they won the Lone Star Conference. Uh... <laughs> But they could not beat the American Athletic Conference's UNT um, on yeah. Sunday. Uh, it was 40 to 17 at half. Uh, UNT kind of didn't keep their foot on the gas pedal. It was a closer 39 33 half um, well, the second half fair, I, think- I would
0: to be fair, sorry, to be fair, I would either. you know if I'm sitting here pounding my opponent like that, I want to set up I want to set up camp, you know, get a nice pillow, go to sleep take well, out. Because we got such Willie, a good lead. So. Listen, yeah. listen.
1: <laughs> Willie Guy knows the Lone Star Conference. He uh, oh. dropped 14 points against UNT, was Angelo State's wow. lead scorer, four for seven from three. I mean, the guy was a sharp shooter. Um, and then North Texas' lead scorer was once again Aaron Scott, who leads the season in points this season. Really good game for Aaron. Four for eight, five for five from the free throw line, one for two from three-point range. But if you ask me, who I think broke out the most for men's basketball. And you'll say the same John thing. John Bugs. John Bugs. Mr. Bugs. There you go. Look at the Bugs. Uh <laughs> Mr. John Bugs. He went three for five from the field, two for four from three-point, two for two from free throw line, six rebounds and for a guard. That is quite the knot. And ten points total for Mr. JB Three. Uh, I think the UNT – the UNT transfer. The UTSA transfer is really finding his own in this offense. You know, if you get him open, then he will drop threes, and he is proving that lately. Uh, Shout-out to John Bugs. Nolan had a pretty good game. Ten points, three for six from the field, two for four from three. I don't know. I think Ross Hodges got these guys playing. Uh, Obviously, was a good bounce-back game from the Charleston Classic where they didn't do great. They didn't do awful. They were just kind of there. Yeah. So, I think it was a a a good appearance.
0: For, I think for they Houston. needed this win. I think they needed this win for the conference of the team. You know, like you for said, sure. they're coming off a pretty rough Charleston Classic. Um, so to to get back in the win column, I mean, they won their last game of Charleston Classic. But to get back in the win column following the tournament, um, I mean, that's always a good feeling, good momentum builder going forward.
1: For sure. Uh, they do play Mississippi Valley State on Saturday. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah. Mississippi so, Valley
1: State. Mississippi Valley State uh, should be a victory uh, for... It's going to be uh, another snooze fest, maybe. Probably. More than likely. I won't be at this one. I have a prior commitment. Um, but it should be pretty straightforward. I don't think UNT will... I dropped this one. Mississippi Valley State is one and six on the season. Uh, It's going to look like a pretty rough, rough time for them in SWAC. Uh, I think uh, there's some pretty good teams in SWAC this season. Uh, Texas Southern looks all right. Alcorn has been controlling that conference for a few years. So, you know, I think the SWAC will, uh, will be a tough little gauntlet there. For Mississippi Valley State, but Mississippi Valley State does not know the Lone Star Conference. They are in Division One, so
0: so the Lone Star Conference. Yeah, but no,
1: I think it will be a uh, it will be a pretty straightforward one for UNT. Uh, not going to be great for the old MVSU. Uh, a little bit harder of a competition coming up for the Mean Green as they go to Boise State on December. Yeah, I was, 5th. I was
0: looking at that right now. Yep. Because the I'm, following... I'm curious, I was curious, I'm sorry, I was curious, I'm looking at the schedule and I'm going, okay, so they played at Angelo State, they played Mississippi Valley, you know, they played Omaha too, I'm like, okay, when, when are they going to get into, like, the real competition, I'm sorry. Right. And but... Milo, you ready for yeah. this one? You ready for this one?
1: Yeah, hit me. They head to Bed-Stoy. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> the what? bed Bed-Stoy. Bed-Stoy. Brooklyn. Bedstoy. You know those jerseys that the Nets have that's like B-E-D-S-T-U-I? Bedstoy? I I think I do. Hold on. Let
0: me, Brooklyn. <laughs> look, up, look it up. It's like B E D S U I. Yeah, bedst- I got it. B-E-D-S-T... Yeah. S-T- Bedstoy? <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> I've never seen these before. What? Those, these are ass. What it's the hell? Bedst- <laughs> It's a famous
1: street on uh on Brooklyn. Yeah. Bed Stewie. <laughs> All right. Well, getting back into UNT men's basketball, uh, middle Mississippi Valley State does come into this one oh and seven. They also lost to LSU. They lost big to Oklahoma, they lost big to Yukon, they lost to TCU, they lost to Santa Clara, they lost to California State University. Oh my at,
0: god, what a schedule. At
1: Northridge, CSUN. Boy. They lost to Pacific, and they lost to UNT. So you're telling me they played Oklahoma, LSU, in the reigning champs?
0: <laughs> Holy. What is wrong with this? What a what bunch a of sickos. <laughs> these guys, these guys <laughs> set out on a mission. That's okay. Dedicated
1: okay. To <laughs> but they got schedule. bank. I guarantee you, they're just—they're jumping
0: into these oh, this yeah.
1: lost money like Scrooge McDuck, my yo, guy. Yo, wait, all... <laughs> wait, wait, wait,
0: This is a cheat code. Is this a method? Is this a method? Is this this the method. About? Is There's this no the way they know the you method. Box, you schedule these games, get your ass handed to you in all of these games, but you bank a very good fortune by doing so.
1: For sure. And they were—they were away for all of those games, so yeah, they made a bag.
0: Oh my goodness wow i
1: would love to see that yeah me too bro i mean shout out to jerry rice's alma mater Uh, Oh. wow he's an mvsu
0: legend did not know that
1: yeah there you go the more you know but yeah men's basketball should be taking care of business on saturday against mvsu and i think the big takeaway from this section milo is we we don't know the Lone Star Conference.
0: We, yeah, we, we most definitely don't know the Lone Star
1: Conference. We don't know the Lone Star Conference. I hope you're enjoying your drive. Sit back, enjoy the roads, and listen to another Mean Green podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, from the streets of Hallettsville, Texas, everyone put your hands together for another Mean Green Podcast. First guest, I bring in to you former NT Daily Sports Editor, former Mean Green 24-7 alumni. He got me this job. Woo! And current hardest working high school reporter, in the land
2: Field. man I, I appreciate the introduction that was that was a heck of an intro better than I uh, better than I deserved I venture to say but I appreciate it nonetheless mr. Smith and uh, yes always always very busy on the high school beat never a dull moment uh I like to say that by the time you get tired of uh, covering one sport you're on to the next one and I mean, we're, we're kind of in one of those transitionary times here now because all the UIL high school football teams around here are done, so we're moving on to basketball.
1: There you go, uh, and so are we. Wise on words of
0: wisdom.
2: <laughs> so let's not let's
1: not uh, let's not mess around here. Um, we've all known each other for f- four years now, which is kind of insane to think. Uh, we we I was put into the group chat. In January of 2021,
0: so oh, got the date or, or really been. no,
1: actually I, I wasn't. I was put in November 2020, so it's been four years since I met all. Wow, yeah, yeah, I guess so.
2: That's <laughs> yeah, un- been,
1: unbelievable. Yeah, it's been four years, and uh you know we we are the remainder of that NT Daily group chat, along with Caleb Yum, who has done a drop for us on this podcast, as you heard. Um but no, let's not act like this is just like a formal interview because, you know, me, you and Milo, we talk every day. We mention you in every podcast. You're an avid <laughs> listener of the podcast. We have a basketball team game on NBA 2K. I mean, it, it it's a friend group here, gang. Uh, and I, I want the listeners to understand that. So when we talk the way we talk uh, on this podcast, because we are going to talk about topics that there may be some disagreement on. I don't want y'all to think that we're treating a guest we know nothing about like uh, <laughs> just like someone we pulled off the street, like a formal yeah. interview. In, because we're in, friends. The
0: words, in the words of Coach Prime, it's personal. It's personal. <laughs> it's, personal. <laughs> it's personal. Oh, man. But we
1: are going to interview you a little bit, John. Uh, you are our first interviewee. Um, you know all these other podcasts—they're out here getting Jamori Macklin and Chandler Rogers and Coach Morris and you know formerly Seth Luttrell. We get John Fields, and we're happy with that. Um, Johnny, <laughs> yeah, you guys are stuck with me. <laughs> yeah, we're stuck. With you. How has your day been?
2: It's been good, man. It's been good. It's been busy. Um, for listeners who don't know, I also, in all of my free time, not covering high school sports, write about some NFL stuff for Pro Football Network. So. That was keeping me busy for part of today, too, and that was a big, uh, I mean, it's just always, it's very involved because there's so much stuff going on on the NFL landscape and not enough time to write about all of it. So that had me doing a lot today, but other than it being a busy day, it's been been a pretty good one, and I can't complain too much about that. And I mean, coming right off Thanksgiving, which is, I mean, as you guys alluded to earlier, in my opinion, still an underrated holiday as well, and for sure. really a top I don't know probably a top three or so holiday for me at this point, so it was it was a real enjoyable time. I got to make my uh traditional pumpkin bread and take it home to the Very family good. as yeah, usual yeah. I, I will oh, say man. I burnt it a little bit this year, so <laughs> on, hold on, hold on. it it wasn't no quite John as good
1: <laughs> no donkey? No, no donkey? Really? No
2: donkey? oh man, oh, okay. we're gonna have to explain that to listeners too, so okay. okay. <laughs>
0: Explain explain your dish. You might have to drop the ingredients. Drop the <laughs> right, right, right. So
2: <laughs> Yeah, we I gotta keep the, the secret formula away from listeners or they'll uh, they'll steal it like the Krabby Patty formula if like we're on SpongeBob here. But basically John Goop is a big conglomeration of ingredients. The base is usually uh, ground hamburger meat, usually with taco seasoning. And then you combine it with a bunch of other stuff in a bowl, and it's kind of like a taco bowl type of a deal. So it's nothing crazy, but Reed and Milo have forever uh, coined the term John Goop to describe that.
1: Don't forget the trademark emoji.
2: Uh. Yeah, TMTM. So yeah, John
1: Goop is, is a culinary, uh, a culinary choice, is what I'll call it's it. It's a delicacy, sure it's, is what it it's is. It's a delicacy. If you're ever down <laughs> and uh, if you come to Denton what they'll serve you is John Goop. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but John, I did want to ask you uh, about uh, your your work a little bit, man. I mean, just in your current job, we'll get we'll get to later things in a minute. But just in your current job, you know, what is a favorite memory you've had?
2: Man, that's tough. I've I've had some good ones over the last shoot. I guess it's been right at a year and a half since I got started up at the DRC or a little over a year and a half now. So it's uh there's been plenty of cool stuff to get to cover along the way. I mean, the first things that come to mind is got to cover two football state semifinals last year. Um got to cover shoot a guy are going to the state softball tournament. Aubrey was up there Argyle at the state baseball tournament. I mean, there's been so many cool just events to cover that I, I hate to take any of it for granted, I guess is my point. Cause there's so many papers around where you're covering high school sports and all your teams are going to be done after a couple of rounds of the playoffs. And then it's just, you know, you're on to the next thing. And there's a lot of folks who don't get to experience covering all that kind of stuff. So it's hard I guess it's hard for me to zone in on one memory, but the one that sticks out at the moment is uh, last year went out to uh, Crowley ISD Multipurpose stadium out there in Fort Worth to uh, cover Argyle state semifinal against South Oak Cliff. And it, it was a, it was a really good game. It, it, it by my standards, at least it was 14 to six. So people who like offense maybe didn't enjoy it that much, but I enjoy a good defensive slugfest like that where it comes down to a stop or two here and there, and South Oak Cliff's defense was just ridiculous. So I enjoyed covering that game, just seeing all the ridiculous talent all over the field because Argyle had a ridiculous defense too. Um, yeah, But more so I remember that game just because – by the time we were getting down the stretch of the third, fourth quarter, it was so foggy. You could barely see the field at all. Gee. I mean, the fog was just crazy. The craziest fog I'd ever seen at any sporting event I'd been to. So that added an extra level of like, all right, we've got to really strain our eyes up in the press box just to see anything and see what was happening. So that's kind of the the neatest thing that I remember off the top of my head, but there's been so many cool moments I've gotten to be a part of that. I really appreciate a ton and I try not to take for granted because I know not everybody gets a, an opportunity to be part of stuff like that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I, th- I think that it is a, it's a journalist that's a year younger than you, you know, seeing you put in the dedication to what you've done. It, it means a lot to me uh, to see you go and do that. And, it, you know, it's something to base my own coverage off of because, you know, you and I know as, as much as the next guy that, you know, this, is I'm a college, I'm still in college, you know, I haven't graduated yet. Um, but I always saw you traveled to anywhere you could go when you were doing this beat, and you still do that for your high school beat. And so, you know, there's just been a lot of tips to just kind of look in. You've you know really paved the way for me a little bit, and and a lot of other journalists as well. I'm
2: sure. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate the kind words. It's always it's something that I really tried. I try to make a priority as much as I can because. That's the journalism industry is really, I mean, we always talk about it, but it's who you know more so than what you know, like you got to know what you're doing as a baseline. But really, it comes down to knowing the right people and being in the right spot at the right time to take advantage of an opportunity. So I mean, I've been fortunate to have a lot of that happen to me already. It's the least I could do to pay that forward in any small way that I can. So it's nice to hear that some of that has helped somebody.
1: For sure. Um, and, I, you know, Milo, let's get you back into the conversation here. I wanted to bring up a specific, a specific memory that we all have together. Uh, there's many, but uh, I, oh, I yeah. wanted to bring it up. I wanted to bring up this one, Milo, because it, it it revolves around you. So last summer, or I guess it was last spring now. Jeez, it's almost been a year. So last spring, um, we all go to uh, Denton Square. uh, with Caleb Yum, uh, the fourth man in our group. Uh, We all had a free play, which is like an arcade place. The night before, Milo and I stayed up until like five in the morning,
0: maybe. Four or five in the morning. I I think that still stands as the latest I've ever stayed up. I know there's probably (laughs) night owls out here saying, oh, you, come on, you can stay up late. Uh, I'm sorry, five a.m. is...
1: Yeah, thanks for the editing. But yeah, um, yeah. so you didn't get much sleep. This was in like April. So before you moved, Um, we all (laughs) were playing stuff. And Milo's eye just starts like puffing up. Like he just got like a haymaker from Mike Tyson. And that night, I mean, it was, we had like a basketball competition. And at the end, we were playing NBA Jam and milo and i were just getting our ass kicked I'm, I'm gonna be real it was john and caleb versus versus me and milo and we're playing i i don't remember who you and caleb were you might john but pissing oh, us off man. is what you were doing it, um, right i mean we were just making three
2: pointer after three pointer throwing lobs i mean we were we were dancing all over you guys it wasn't even funny yeah. okay
1: <laughs> and so milo and i were just sitting there like jesus like God, when will this we're, end?
2: We were
0: done. We were mentally clocked out like 10 minutes before the game ended. We are like, yeah, wrap it up. Milo
1: had, a, Milo had like a shiner on his eye pretty much. I uh, <laughs> I was yeah. also tired. But John Killen was like, oh, come on, guys. One more game, one more game, one more game. And we kept doing <laughs> it until finally Milo just looked back and was like, dude.
0: I'm, I'm like, I'm done. done. I'm, done. I'm <laughs> done. like, I'm sorry. You guys want to go two-on-one, you can, but I'm – I'm tapping out. And and it was – it okay, at that point, at that point in the night, it was not a matter of I'm done with NBA Jam. It was I'm done being here. I'm done being with you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> My – dude, you
1: – I was like low-key scared for you on the trip. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah, was, on the trip back.
0: Was, I, I made it okay. I don't know how I made it. That was the latest I'd ever you know, driven on latest stuff. I never stayed up again. So I was I was dog tired, dude. But, you know, it's, it's still made for a great experience. I'm always one to look back on on things that happened in my life and say it was a great experience and it was well worth it. And you know what? It definitely was. Because let me tell you, if I hadn't had stayed up so late, my eye would have never hurt. I never would have had the memory of it. Right? Hey, and I, I never would have had the very. You- talking about it like this so yeah
1: exactly yeah. you had the foresight that we would be talking about this on a podcast someday because you and i always kind of knew we would have a podcast we just didn't really have a reason to have one yet but uh, <laughs> we do now and we invite john on to it and before we move on to our topic because john's here for the rest of the show we're not going to kick him out excuse me we're not going to kick him out i just have to <laughs> i just have to say john what rhymes with uh, a Kevin Soar?
2: Oh man, that's a great question. With a mm-hmm. Kevin Soar, <laughs> yeah, hmm. yeah, I've got no idea. What what would possibly rhyme with that?
1: Eleven four for the American League title. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh no! man oh, man
1: man it's still That's too perfect. soon it's still all too right. soon all right you can take it out on me in the next topic because ladies and gentlemen <laughs> if last week wasn't enough we're gonna talk about the college football playoff ranking today every week. They,
0: every week it is
1: wednesday this will come out on thursday but it is wednesday it is wednesday my dudes and oh, stop. Uh, dude let me just go down the rankings calmly before the before the things well. I'm gonna I'm gonna serve. I'm gonna try to be the I'm gonna try to be the judge here. I'm gonna try to be like the calm judge here and and let y'all talk about it while trying to calmly, you know, as I am very calm. We all know this. Oh yeah. I try to yeah uh, never out outburst or anything. Uh, as I try to calmly go through this. Uh, number one, Georgia. Okay, I agree. Two, Michigan. They're undefeated. They beat Ohio State. That's where they belong. Number three, Washington. Number four, Florida State. Um, number five, Oregon. Number six, Ohio State. Yeah. And number seven, Texas. Number eight, yep. Alabama. Missouri 9, Penn State 10, Ole Miss 11, OU 12, LSU 13, Louisville 14, Arizona 15, Iowa 16, Notre Dame 17, Oklahoma State 18, NC State 19, Oregon State 20, Tennessee 21, Tulane 22, Clemson 23, Liberty 24, and rounding out the top 25, and this is important for later, is Kansas State. So, what are our thoughts? We don't really care about uh, anything after eight at this point, but... What what is everyone's thoughts here?
0: It is almost a hundred percent perfect. Minus the fact I've been an advocate for Ohio State all season long, uh, Ohio State and Michigan, and I keep saying this: it's not going to happen. But I know it should happen. Michigan and Ohio State should both be in the college football playoff. I'm sorry. I Man. know that I, again, again. I know it's impossible. I know that the committee would never do such a thing. But those two teams, let's be real. They're better than Oregon, and they're better than Florida State, and they're most certainly better than the burnt orange. So,
2: <laughs> come on. Again, Jeez, Milo's Mylo, already. If
0: I, if I was on the college football playoff committee, I'd put Michigan and Ohio State in the top four.
1: Man, you telling Man. me that Oregon has a better win than Texas over Alabama.
0: No, they don't. <laughs> All right, we, we discussed this last week. We had the same thing last week. But let me just let me remind everyone, remind everyone, including you, the win against Washington was a bigger win than Texas and Alabama because oh, you played lost, a fraudulent no Alabama team, no, and I, I got someone it. here on my no, side that can okay. agree with that. Okay,
2: guest.
1: <laughs> okay, guest. Okay, Put your two cents in.
2: All right. So um, I, I think I would tend to agree with the top three. I understand why they are where they are. Florida State at this point, I get why you have them at number four. They're not a top four team in the country without Jordan Travis, but they've got to be there because they're undefeated. I I understand the committee's logic there.
0: It's a charity ranking.
2: Yeah, it it really is. It's a charity ranking to give Florida State credit for what they were able to do before Jordan Travis went down, which I totally get and respect. Like, i totally on board with that. Oregon, Ohio State, fine. I think – I guess the the point of contention, right, is where, at least least with Reed for sure, is where Texas should end up stacking up. And I see the argument because, to me, the Big Ten also has not been a uh, phenomenal conference this year by my estimation. So I I could see an argument for putting them ahead of Ohio State at this point based on resume. Totally could see that. But I would have to agree with Milo. I just don't – I mean (laughs) – or Oregon's one loss is to a Washington team that's number three in the nation, and Texas loss is much lower than number three. Oklahoma's at number twelve, and that's an Oklahoma team that's got two losses now that are just real head scratchers. They don't even get a rematch in the conference yeah. title game. Like, I, I just I can completely understand Oregon being ahead of Texas at this point, and I think part of it too. And I know there's arguments about well, where does their strength of schedule rank, and everything like that. I I still don't know that I necessarily agree with the way that metrics compiled, but I understand it. To me, the ultimate argument is just Oregon's past the eye test with flying colors. I mean, they've beaten up on team after team after team. Their one loss is by a touchdown to Washington. It, it just Oregon screams top five, maybe even top four team to me at this okay. point if Florida State didn't have what happened.
1: Okay, yep. I agree that Oregon has passed all the eye tests. Oregon's looked really good. That wa- loss to Washington could very well be seen as a fluke. I will say this, and you will all disagree with me, and I do not care. If Washington <laughs> loses the Pac twelve title, get him out.
2: Get him out. out. No, I get it. I I personally disagree. Yeah, like who, I think
0: Who from the Pac twelve makes it then?
1: Someone's got to make that 12 conference. If Oregon
2: wins the Pac-12, put them in. 100%. I'm I'm on board with you there, and I understand why Washington has to miss the playoff if they lose. Like, I get it. but. In my ideal world, Washington, Oregon, Michigan, and Georgia are the four teams because I think that's it's probably okay. the four best teams at this point. I, I think it's, the Pac-12 has been be really strong. For
0: okay, okay. Here's that what I think. Washington, why do they have to win everything in order to get in? I totally understand. Twelve and zero at this point. They beat it Oregon or they did, as well. They didn't pass the eye test. They didn't. How did. Why they not pass the eye test? They were they close the in their final in college eight football. games
1: against a mid schedule. They were close. To Closed in all eight of their games, including a really ugly fifteen to seven win at home versus Arizona State. You see how ass Arizona State has been. They've been okay,
0: terrible. They've
2: been I'll, terrible. I'll argue a little here because the Pac-12 has been really good this year. Like, there's a lot of teams that give you a lot of teams that give you trouble. The Utah game was always going to be one that was going to give them trouble. Okay. Like Utah's okay. defense okay. is legit. That was always going to give them problems. Oregon State always was always going to give now. them problems.
1: I will always say on this podcast that I am not orange pilled. But let's compare if let's cap. if or, if Oregon and Texas win mm-hmm. their respective titles, meaning that Oregon and Te- or excuse me, Washington and Texas would be twelve and one. Washington is not better than Texas at that rate because Texas has beaten opponents. At a bigger rate, the two close games that everyone goes, "Mm, That's a little close, that's a little spicy. You go, Okay, Malik Murphy started in two of those games. Malik Murphy, dude, he was mid. He's probably gonna go to the portal if we're being honest with Quinn Ewers coming back more than likely. Let's look at those games. Kansas State was in overtime. Okay, well, they're number 25. It makes sense. And it was with a backup quarterback. TCU was not as close as it looked. Texas just blew a second-half lead. That's how it's been all season for them. And then you look at Houston, no excuse for that, other than Quinn got hurt. But before he went out, Quinn wasn't looking great. Anyway, no excuse for Houston. But those are three games. If Washington is 12-1 without a conference title, there's no argument for them being in anymore because they did not pass the eye test. Sure, you got a great quarterback. Sure, you got, you know, the best receiving court in the country, more than likely, you could argue. But they did not win big. They just didn't. They never did. They did not have a huge win over anybody except, I believe, a Mountain West team early in the season. And that's not
0: college really, football playoff really? material to me.
1: I think this is a cluster luck team. And I do not think that Washington is a CFP caliber team if they're 12 and one. Okay. If they win You're the backfield title, dude. that's fine. You're off that's the fine. Drum, dude. But here's my thing. Here's I'm my sorry. thing. If Florida State loses it all and Texas wins, that settles it. Texas is the number 14, in my opinion.
2: That's all so, that matters. That's where I think it gets really interesting because. It could get really crazy if Florida State loses and Alabama beats Georgia. There's going to be some really hilarious arguments about whether Alabama gets in over Texas. And I know...
0: Alabama would definitely get in over Texas.
2: I know... If I you know the head-to-heads there. What
1: the hell are you talking about? No, no, no. Oh,
2: okay. I 100% know the head-to-heads there, but me, me and Milo you are in agreement on this beat point beat that you beat guy. Alabama at the beginning of the year and it wasn't close to the same Alabama team that they are now.
0: We had the okay. same conversation last We're week. Not you not could cares. have them play again. Not you not could cares. have them play if 20 you're 20 times at Al- and Alabama okay. beats them. Okay, okay. If,
1: you're playing it at, if you're playing at Bryant-Denny Stadium in September and you're playing at Bryant-Denny Stadium in November, what's the difference?
2: The difference is the quality of the Alabama team that you're playing. That's the difference to me. There's nuance to it. There's nuance to it. The,
1: the, okay. We have a winner, everybody. You guys, you guys always like to you guys always like to change your guidelines for it. Oh, there's nuance to this. But then I think literally it's an away guidelines. game and one of the hardest places to win in the country.
0: And you go, Oh well. Ignore
1: that nuance. That's overrated. No, 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 no doubt. It's
2: a good, it's a very, very good win. I'm saying in in the event that the committee has to decide between Alabama and Texas, they're going to take a really long look at it and it's going to be much more of a decision-making process than just Texas one head to head because then at that point, Alabama's win over Georgia is a better win than Texas win over Alabama easily. So Alabama's got a better win at that point. And Alabama just has, right. Sure. It, it, it matters, but I don't know if it's going to be the final decision maker in a spot like that, as much as it probably should be.
0: You're forgetting that it's Alabama too. And the committee is going to jump on any chance to include them in the top four.
1: The committee would do nothing out on a very good, first of all, and I'm not, I'm not grasping at straws here and I'm not orange pilled. First of all, (laughs) the country would benefit if texas was in the playoff that's a national brand and a blue blood in the playoff
0: alabama's bigger make
1: a, that would make a. oh shut the alabama's hell alabama's bigger alabama, <laughs> alabama is not a bigger brand than texas huh at this point huh? at
2: this point no. they absolutely huh? are
1: okay okay tell me around the country huh? how many times have you seen the alabama a and how many times have you seen a longhorn be honest
0: reed how many championships do they have I don't give a sh- dang,
1: I don't give a dang about championships How many right rings now. I'm talking about who's the have? bigger who's the bigger brand. I'm saying who's the bigger brand. Uh, uh, Alabama's the football. bigger
2: brand at this point. Alabama is
1: not
0: the bigger brand
2: in if we're
1: talking about football, cultural wave. In Texas, football, is the
0: bigger in brand? In college football, Alabama I'm not talking is about the football. biggest I'm brand. I'm talking about marketability. But that we're talking about football brand here because we're talking about college football playoffs. You ex- if you're, you're talking about college football playoffs, you're ignoring, ignoring the, the take. I put brand make. in there. What well, your take is that Texas is a bigger school overall. It is Acad- academically and you know school-wise. overall, You're telling me that
1: Alabama makes the exact same waves culturally that Texas does. You are smoking massive amounts of. Oh, well, we
0: so. don't care about that. We're talking about football impact. We're talking about the culture that football has. Alabama football culture trumps anything that the University of Texas
1: Art has is getting offer. pretty damn close to that culture at Alabama.
2: Well, okay. look, if you want to it talk, talk about program culture, sure. But if you're talking about purely on the field results over the last decade, two decades. Well, right, but that's a part of it. Is or what I'm saying. Good. That's a that's a I'm massive part about of it.
1: Selling tickets and selling ads. You don't think I Alabama would, would really absolutely sell out any
2: stadium they'd play in, though? But think about I what te- sell you, sell. you see. How Texas dude.
1: travels. You're going for that 2006 Rose Bowl ish, bro. Like. And Alabama would sell a stadium like, out exactly like, the same way. Yeah, sure, but Texas is a bigger brand, dude, and I think. The getting before your special twelve-team playoff that comes in, which,
0: which <laughs> oh we
1: talk about. Yeah, this, yeah
0: you know, you talk the were we're really about special team. Texas will really benefit from this. that, by the way.
1: Uh huh. That's what I'm saying. When we talk <laughs> about the schedule, we'll, we'll have you on again. We'll have you on again, John, and Sweet. we'll have a much more. We'll have a much more boring conversation about it. But absolutely, what I'm saying in the final fourteen playoff. If you don't put Texas in, if they're 12-1, and that's almost a bad business decision, in my opinion. I don't know. In my opinion, if Florida State loses to Louisville, they're out. Texas is in. There's no other option. You're telling me that you would put an Ohio State that didn't even play for a conference title? No,
2: no, no. But I, I can tell you the other scenarios here where Texas misses the playoff, right? So the easiest scenario for Texas to get in is simple. Washington wins. Michigan wins, Georgia wins, Florida State loses. In that scenario, Texas is in. Cool. Easy, easy decision there. In the event that those three favorites don't win, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Washington's not even favored, but they're ahead in the rankings. So I'll describe them as a favorite at this point. Say Washington loses to Oregon. Okay, so now you've got Georgia and Michigan are in, and say Florida State wins. Now all of a sudden you've got three teams solidified. And it's Oregon versus Texas for that final spot. Both of them have a conference championship. I, it's going to be a heck of a debate. I could see Texas getting in at that point, but I could also common very opponent. easily see the argument op- for Oregon. Check that common opponent. Oh, the transitive property is so stupid in college football, not, man. It just doesn't not, work.
1: That's not a transitive property. That's You played the same team, and Texas beat the hell out of them by 50 points
2: yeah but it's at completely different points of the year like it's just not it's not the same thing that i I just have a hard I time with the transitive property in college football because there's different there's so many different levels to it that it's just it's difficult for that to actually mean anything
1: see you and I have different different problems we have. I have an issue with with this late season early season you have an issue with Transitive prop wins.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. Because I just don't. There's so much that goes into every different matchup and all the different ways that teams stack up with each other differently that influences that so much that I just don't think the transitive property is worth a whole lot in that scenario in terms of margin of victory. I, I just don't see the value.
1: Listen, I hear you. In my opinion, I don't think we're all going to agree with this. We're probably going to argue about it on Saturday when the game happens. <laughs> But you know, in my opinion, if Texas is a Big 12 champion, they deserve to be in. Uh, if Florida State loses, pretty much, I think the loser of the Pac 12 should be out in favor of Texas if they win the Big 12. But who am I? You know, I'm just I'm just reading.
0: Something. I think I think we're forgetting one big thing here. We're forgetting one big thing here. Texas has to win the Big 12.
1: There, dude. Have you watched you yeah. play?
2: Doesn't matter.
0: Those it's, boys. I, it, it,
2: it's still a game that could lose. If you wanna, if you wanna do what Reed was talking about earlier, I'll be the well to play devil's advocate. I'll be that guy. It is a Mike Gundy Oklahoma State team. They find ways to make stuff interesting when they definitely should not. That's that's coach of the year, Big Twelve coach of the year, Mike Gundy over there. I know that's a. <laughs> a pain point for Longhorns fans as well. And I'm not trying to be a complete about it, but I mean, in all seriousness, like the, the Mike Gundy effect is not insignificant there. I don't think. And I don't, I don't foresee Texas losing that game. They should absolutely handle business, but there's always that one slight chance of a way that that it happens differently. And I mean, we've known Texas on occasions in the past to lose games that they're supposed to win. I, As you've said, I think it feels like the culture is changing over there a bit with Sarkisian. I'll absolutely give him credit for that. But it is still Texas, and until recent years Texas proves they can win a game like that, I just don't – I'm not going to have 100% confidence.
1: Yeah, I completely – disagree with you I think that <laughs> <laughs> I think the sexist team is different but you know we could talk in circles about this all year literally all year. but you know we'll talk about it next week when the rankings are out I'm sure we'll have multiple discourses in the group chat multiple group chats it's going to be an audio method kind of day on Sunday so. Oh no doubt no doubt So I will be screaming uh, just letting you know <laughs> uh don't wear earphones when i when you see that name reed smith just sent you a voice note just uh i advise both of you to uh keep out your earphones uh i will be yelling depending on (laughs) i mean whatever what happens i will be yelling so yeah we'll have fun with that but you know what john i think it's time i didn't get to do this because we were we replaced milo's take today with you you're welcome uh john's take it's time to check that timing but it's a different timing it's one that sprouts from the ground, Weekly. from the fields. Not the John Fields, the corn fields, Ladies and gentlemen, Cornball of the Week. And Milo,
0: lead us off, my friend. I like that. I like that. It's a good intro. Texas A&M, my Cornball <laughs> of the Week. Um, so I don't know if you guys saw, I'm sure you guys did. It was in our group chat. Everybody thought they found their next head coach. (laughs) Everybody thought they had their next head coach in, guess who? Mark Stoops, Kentucky Wildcats head coach. Uh, John Fields, glad we have him on today because he is a huge (laughs) Mark Stoops fan. I found that out. (laughs) Anyways, so Mark Stoops, this is a guy that, you know, hasn't had a lot of success at the, uh, you know, at Kentucky. Uh, this is a Kentucky program that is a little bit difficult to, to coach and, and uh, steer the ship there. But um, not a lot of success with Kentucky. So in typical fashion, Aggie, Aggie Nation, Aggieland is sitting there wondering, why the hell did we hire this guy? This is a huge step backwards from Jimbo. This is horrible. This is a horrible firing. So I found out today from an article from Sports Illustrated that the a and donors did who? Did AI, AI right? <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one now um, but we find out today that um, apparently the am donors were the ones that rejected this hiring am donors and, and a bunch of other <laughs> a bunch of other am people um, revolted against it right yeah it says regents and or big dollar boosters told um, the reporter that they wouldn't support the hiring of scoops so am and Thought they had their new head coach. The donors and regents said, Not going to happen. They revoked that hiring. And instead, they hired um, the Duke football head coach, who I'm drawing a blank. I don't know his name, but uh, they hired Mike him. Elko. Mike Elko. There you go. Yeah. So, anyways, Cornball of the week to AM for thinking that it would be acceptable to hire Mark Stoops as a Jimbo Fisher replacement
1: okay is there like a a small and I know this is like such a crim, uh, like a uh what is it terminally online joke but <laughs> yeah is there an irony to the man being named l Co yeah. Bro, yeah. Bro's yeah, literally the CEO of the l corporation Man, was... <laughs> <El> Co. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was the uh, he was the defensive coordinator at A and M from 2018 to 2021 under Big Jimbo,
2: Woo.
1: and they he had he had really good defenses while he was there. So it's a familiar hire, um, somebody that you know could make a difference for them. But I guess we will see, right? Um, he was solid at Duke, went 16 and nine there. Developed Riley Leonard, who looks like he's on his way to Notre Dame, but don't tell nobody though. <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah i i think that it was a better higher than mark stoops marginally but yeah. I, I know you have a different opinion on that john
2: i i do i've got some thoughts i i just don't i don't fully grasp the hate because all the all of the <laughs> up, like, like <laughs> I, i've got a lot of people that i've seen that agree with me though in that like Stoops is always playing from behind at Kentucky. He's playing at a school where football is always going to be second fiddle. You're never going to get the resources that the men's basketball program does and that John Calipari does. So they were never going to be this phenomenal power in the SEC that people are, you know, would want to see in terms of record. But for what Stoops has been working with, I think he's done a pretty great job. He's had some successful seasons there. I understand the record against SEC teams doesn't look great but I I just don't know how much of that is because of the fact that he's working from such a disadvantage at Kentucky and I think I think he would have been worth a shot I think I don't know that it would have worked at A&M but I'm not sure that anybody would work at A&M at this point with the issues they've got Um, just with I mean Milo mentioned all the boosters and everybody getting their hands in there and I get it that's part of major college football at this point but I think they've got bigger issues there in terms of expectations versus reality um, for what that program actually can be and what it has been in the past. And I just don't, I don't know that it would have worked regardless with Stoops or with anybody. I'm interested to see Elko because he does have that track record of success at A&M as a defensive coordinator. I think it's a smart hire and really it seemed like the hire that initially always seemed like the one that made the most sense before the whole stoops thing happened, but I mean I would agree with Milo. They deserve to be cornballs of the week. Mm-hmm. I, I agree for a different reason though. Just cornballs of the week because Mark Stoops doesn't deserve to be led to believe that he has the job all of a sudden for it to be pulled out from under him like that. I think that was pretty yeah. pretty crappy. And you're you're like doing that to a fellow SEC team to so I can understand, oh, you know, we want to mess up their culture or whatever. But that's just not a not a very Good thing to do. Yeah. yeah. But, I,
0: but I also think it's crazy that, you know, they revoked this guy's job offer because of the donors, because of the regents. Those are the people that turned around and said, No, you're not hiring him. Not management. It wasn't management had decided this is gonna be the guy. This is the guy we're gonna go forward with. And the fact that the regents came back and said, No, we we don't approve of that. Yeah. You know, the Big name donors. We we don't approve of that here at IUIN.
2: Well, right. And that's I don't I don't mean to cut in, but that's the the part that's always strange because I mean 90% of the time there's this kind of a process at any level, right? Like there's even this kind of a process for high school coaches where the school board has to come in and approve the hiring of whatever head football coach. So it's a similar idea of process, just on a smaller scale. And it's almost always a formality. It's almost always a formality by the time it gets to that vote. So the fact that they didn't have all their ducks in a row before this news is getting out that Stoops is supposedly the guy, and then it turns out they actually didn't have the support behind them. Like the fact that that's getting out at all before they know they've got the support is the most damning part of it all, because you just, there's no way that news should be getting out if you don't know for sure you've got the support behind it
1: for sure and did you prepare a cornball of the week for us john
2: i actually did i got one here last minute for you guys i figured i had to carry on the tradition here but i've got a fun one from uh from tonight actually wednesday night i was scrolling through twitter and came across this and thought you guys might enjoy it you haven't seen it yet i don't think uh but it's about the louisville men's basketball team here uh kenny kenny payne was interviewed after uh louisville's game today i don't I don't know who they were playing. I could look it up here in a second, but the, the crux of it wasn't about the game. It was about the fact that their player, uh, Tyler Johnson, I say it weirdly because he's got Ty dash for his name. So I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce it, but that's not the cornball part of this. The cornball part of it is, um, they didn't have the right tights that, that, that uh, Johnson likes to play in. And so he wasn't sure he wanted to play in the first half of the game. So they didn't play him in the first half. And then uh, Payne goes on to say in the second half, he accepted the fact that we didn't have the kind of tights that we'd never had for him. And he played well. So the Cornball of the Week to Mr. Tyler Johnson for this whole tights debacle and somehow not being ready to play in a game because he didn't have the right kind of tights that Louisville had actually never provided for him previously. Check those tights. (laughs) I just can't can't fathom how, one, that's something the head coach is openly willing to disclose to media members. Like, oh, yeah, he didn't play the first half because we didn't have the tights that he wanted to wear during the game. Two, the fact that a kid even has this issue, like when I played basketball, if I was going to wear something specifically, and I know I wasn't at a D1 program, it was the high school level, but you bring your own stuff that you want to wear if you have something specific that's different from the typical team attire. So I just can't fathom how this could have even been an issue at all. Or the fact that this guy was just like, yeah, I don't know if I want to play since I don't have the tights that I want to play in.
0: Maybe he's very superstitious. so I'm, maybe I'm the article I'm reading, the, sorry, I'm reading the article from Sports Illustrated and you said that uh, you're surprised that, you know, this news came out. Well, apparently the coach said in quote, I probably shouldn't tell you this. We have, we have the that he wanted.
2: Oh, man.
0: Oh, tell you this. That's yeah, line.
2: I think uh, my message to Kenny Payne would be if you're saying out loud that you probably shouldn't say something, that's probably a sign that you probably I, shouldn't be saying it.
1: I would imagine an SID probably pulled him aside and was like, <laughs> um, you know, like, come on, man come
2: on seriously i mean there's just not there's not any upside to that getting out at all so i I found it hilarious when i saw that across my timeline and i figured you guys and perhaps some of the listeners might as well
1: (laughs) you know where i don't think that you know where i don't think that would fly
2: where the lone star (laughs) company yeah Yeah, they wouldn't have those issues at texas a&m commerce that's for sure jason burton wouldn't be having those kind of issues
1: yeah Yeah, but who am i to talk i don't know the lone star (laughs) all right my cornball of the week is uh listen listen i had one more chance to do this we had one more chance to do this this football season and for the rest of time so (laughs) ladies and gentlemen my cornball of the week is former milo classmate frank harris
0: man there you go there you
1: go. Yeah, one, last go. Time. Good. Yeah, one less, one less uh, insult for Frank. Uh, we we've been very harsh on UTSA, and we respect Frank Harris. We think he's a great player. We'll certainly miss him uh, in in the conference, I believe. But listen, he tweeted out uh, th- this afternoon because he was on the first. Team. We talked about it earlier in the podcast. He was the first one of the first team All Conference quarterbacks in the American, marginally. Worse, or well, not marginally, a lot worse than than Chandler Rogers' stats this year. Of course, you would, UTSa was a much better team than UNT this year, so that's probably what went into the deciding. In fact, I can one hundred percent say that is what went into the decision. But a lot of people had a lot of things to say about it, guys, and so Frank Harris, he was tired of people talking. He didn't want to hear that. All these people were saying that he shouldn't have been on the first team all conference list. So what Mr. Harris decides to tweet out uh, is oh this burner account is getting closer and closer to getting created.
0: <laughs>
1: Come on, brother. That's corny. And that's a comment <laughs> like that. I love Frank Harris, great quarterback. You know, uh, the best 45 year old I've ever seen play football. You know, um, congratulations for a very long career, my man. But man, you had to say you had to save a the very long thing. career, by yeah, the Yeah, you had to save the corniest so thing you've ever said in your life for after your final regular your seventh regular season. Uh somebody responded to him and, and pretty much just said a hey, Chandler Rogers was better than you this year dog and he responded <laughs> and said you must be mad y'all haven't beat us in the last two seasons the person was a UNT fan uh that got 230 13 likes the response got five so he picked up a nice little ratio he can add that to his accolades that he ratioed a uh, burner or a uh, fan account on Twitter so good for you, you can Frank
0: next to his bowl win
1: <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. Milo's taking off the gloves when I tried to keep him on. Uh, he turned us into the bare knuckle boxing when I was trying to stay within regulations. Um, but, uh, that, Frank Harris, <laughs> you are our final football cornball of the week of the season. Um, but let's be honest, he gets last laugh because he did come to Denton and uh, do the nice all. <laughs> the UNT special so
0: maybe maybe for the Mean Green fans not for us I mean I don't care if UNT gets destroyed by Frank Harris on a weekly basis
1: yeah I mean we don't care but yeah for the fans they do care uh but do you know what I care about a lot Milo what do you care about ending the episode John thank you (laughs) thank you for being on the our longest episode ever it will come out to be around an hour and 35 minutes thank you for joining us it's always a pleasure to talk to you my friend uh, we're gonna have to run it up on 2k soon um, hey
2: absolutely man I, yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on I'm glad I was finally able to make my another mean green podcast debut it had been talked about for a while and we finally finally made it all uh All the Ducks line up in a row just in time for Oregon to get into the playoff over Texas. There, there. oh you go. wow wow,
1: wow. that final it. shot that final shot all right all right yeah i oh, see I'm you john there, i see you john oh that man i'm rude. crying into my world series shirt right now uh, <laughs> hey, i'm crying into my uh
2: two of them so
1: all right all right well make sure you get some asterisk tissues for that issue oh wow wow uh, we have a wow. world series titles at the Astros now all right. All right. Well, we're, we're done. We're done with the sneak dissing. I'll, I'll, I'll diss you more after the podcast. But for now, we do have to end. Uh, if you would like to follow John and his work on X or Twitter, as we still call it, uh, it is John Fields zero. You can find him at drc.com and find his work on at DRCSports, where he is a lot of the work that goes on there. I very much respect what he and Brett Vito do over there. Very good men very good riders i would suggest you guys do some of that but if you like UNT content from your boy reed i would suggest becoming a 24/7 vip ladies and gentlemen what you get is a vip well let me tell you uh for away games for basketball we do by the numbers which is a look at UNT men's basketball by the facts and the figures you do not want to miss it so become a vip today especially with softball season coming up soon if You are not subscribed to the podcast, please ring that bell on Spotify or Apple Music. I've seen our views going up, and geez, do I appreciate it. Milo and I put on a lot of hard work and love into this podcast, and we'd appreciate you listen and tell your friends. We also would like you to be more engaged. Please ask us questions. There's a little QA section on Spotify. Send in questions and I'll answer them for you. Or send it on Twitter when we post. We'd like to thank John Fields again for being our guest and also doing multiple voiceovers for us and for myself and Milo. Keep it icy, my friends. And you know what? In our off time, we're going to learn about the Lone Star Conference. Thank you for listening, everyone.